Hello everyone and thanks for taking the time to listen to Tempo 10. Just before we get started, I just wanted to let you know about the new Tempo 10 sticker book and it's out now. If you want to get a shiny Samo or a picture of the whole Tempo squad, then start collecting now. Packs are just $1.99, but all proceeds do go to buying this new audio equipment. A worthy cause, I'm sure you'll agree. Now, on with the FM chit chat. You are listening to the Tempo 10 podcast, brought to you by the Higher Tempo Press and powered by FMG. Joining me as ever today is Mr. 442 himself, FM Samo. How are you, UK mate? I'm good. How are you, Mike? Very good, very good. How has your week been on FM? It was good. Um, I had a bit of unexpected extra FM time, um, which was nice. Uh, kind of allowed me to get through the second half of my seventh season, so got that finished and a bit of unexpected success, shall we say. Um, and I won't go much else into it right now. Yeah, very good. And um, I saw a tactical blog drop today on uh, on your site. Yeah, got that finished over the last few days too. Um, obviously, we've been chatting over the last couple of podcasts about um, both of our approaches and uh, decided to, to get a bit of mine written down. Um, and yeah, it seems to have gone down pretty nicely. Good, good. Uh, Big news in according to FM Towers is that I've got a laptop back. Lovely, uh, lovely. Uh, downloaded, um, yeah, downloaded FM last night and got logo packs and all that stuff sorted. So we should be ready to start um, start doing things again and uh, and playing uh, playing a game. So it'll be a new save, um, not America to Cali. That'll be kind of postponed to FM 19, so I can have a full go at it. Um, but yeah, looking forward to getting back in. Um, I've I've missed it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It the new lot, save so. claxons going off. Yeah, it feels like it's November all over again, and you know I've been kind of itching to get going. I've been looking at introductions and things. And yeah, I feel like a kid at Christmas again. So <laughs> that's good to good to. Good. Now let's get back onto it. So this week we're going to be talking around one of the sort of FM players' favourite subjects, and that's building a club up. So whether you're dragging a club up from the the bottom leagues or you know sort of seventh or eighth tier or below. Um, or you're just a club which is in the top tier, um, but is rather unfancied um, and not not kind of mixing it with the big boys just yet. Uh, I think that's kind of everyone's favourite save to do. So I guess the uh, the best place to start the discussion would be kind of which club to pick, uh, really. So Sam, where do you prefer to start? Yeah, I've got a little bit of experience in both of the, the kind of options you just went through. So obviously this year um, I started a couple of tiers below the top in Scotland, um, as people might know, um, if they've listened to the last, the, well, the ones that I've been on so far. And um, and it's been good. It's been a little bit different, obviously, to how I started last year, where I picked uh, Red Bull Leipzig and I was um, in, straight away in the top tier of German football in the Bundesliga. But the premises are kind of similar. So both clubs really needed, like, imprinted with the with the Sam away, shall we say. Um, and yeah building them up and um, so hopefully i'll go through what we can talk about kind of a few of the things that i've done over the next 20 minutes or so yeah of course and obviously it does depend where you start and um i prefer to start towards the top um obviously my america the cali say they they were a top tier side um coming into the season they just got promotion from kind of fm17 cycle um from the league 
too. So, uh, but they are they are a big club in sort of historical sense. So they've got quite a good reputation, um, and we, we were able to challenge quite well. Just good. Um, so let's get on then. And then, so I suppose how we um, how we will start to build the club is kind of what's the first thing you do when you get there. What do you kind of check out? I like to obviously check out our, our current situation. Um, so what's needed. Um, in order to reach any aims or, or what we need to um, to get the club kind of starting to build um, and get that growth on the go. Um, so this year, obviously, I started in the th- third tier of Scottish football, so I knew that I needed to get promoted, um, and and getting promoted was the the ultimate aim um, for that for that first season, or yeah, for the first season because I did get promoted at the first the end of the first season, so. Getting promoted, I think, and, and trying to judge what you actually need to do in the in the short term to get to get that cycle kind of kick started um, is probably a good place to start. Yeah, so I think the the kind of aims of um, of a save, you know, how 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 far in advance did you go? Did you just do that first season and then assess it from there, or did you have kind of two, three, four, five years down the line? Yeah, because I was in the third tier. Um, I think that the first aim was kind of obviously getting to the the second tier. Um, so one. Below the my kind of edited SPL, um, and from there, once I got up, that was when I kind of started to think a bit more in the long term. Of obviously, we obviously we wanted to get back up to the top tier, um, and and trying to aim to do that. But I I was happy to take a couple of seasons to kind of acclimatize to the second tier. Um, but obviously, with the ultimate aim, like I just said, of getting back up again. Yeah. So, how would you have managed to, you know, the the second season? Had you not gone up, would you have looked to build the squad, the sorry, the club more, and kind of start from there, or would you then go again to try and get promotion all out for that second season? Yeah, I think it's got to be all out promotion. I think obviously you've you've judged the players that you've got, and you've maybe. Uh, recruited who you think is going to help in any way possible to get you up and I think as, as long as, as soon as you've hit that first kind of achievement of where you want to get to um, promotion was the only aim for me initially like I didn't really set out anything else I had a few things that I wanted to keep in mind for later on in the save um, but promotion was the ultimate aim and that was obviously player recruitment and, and things like that were all geared towards that Okay, so what were you looking to do with the players, you know, the recruitment-wise? I think my recruitment started to change a little bit in terms of it maybe wasn't bringing in or attempting to bring in more established players on the cheap, which I, I did for the first couple of seasons. Um, over the last couple of seasons, I've definitely been looking to the future um, and with the aim of building the club up and, and having that like front and centre um, in your mind with that is 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 obviously like like i said looking to the future and bringing in younger players um so kind of the in the the youth age bracket or maybe even 18 19 20 ones that have been um either undervalued by the the ai clubs or ones that have been let go or poached kind of promising players from abroad I've, i've just started to kind of do that over the last season or so um with the aim of playing them in the first team uh giving them a, a platform um, to develop and, and kind of showcase what, what they've got in terms of their skills and then probably with the aim of selling them on, um, which again kind of kickstarts the next phase of club growth, I think. Yeah, so at what point did you have, you see that as, do you, sorry, do you see that as a luxury, um, bringing in the youth players? Um, what point did you start to, to look more towards that? In my save, I definitely saw it as a, as a luxury. I think when I got up to the top tier, which it was, 
um, in my third season. So I spent two seasons in, in the second tier. Um, no, sorry, yeah, for the fourth season, I was I was up in the top tier. Um, and when I'd managed to stay up in that first season and avoided relegation, that was when I had a little bit of uh, more cash to play with um, in terms of the wages and, and our reputation was improving as well. Um, so I started to look at bringing in that kind of younger profile of players um, and giving them game time. Um, I haven't really sold anybody yet, so I'm not at that next stage of, of bringing in like a bit of a, a cash a rainfall, shall we say, in the uh, for the club and and to kick things on in, in terms of boosting the balance and and the finances, but that is definitely not too far away. I don't think um, some of the players now that I brought in at that stage are their values are kind of going up now, especially over the last couple of seasons as we've kind of overachieved and and reached European football. That's really helped kind of kick things on in that sense. Yeah, I mean. One thing recruitment-wise that I have struggled on is um, I'm able to get from, say, the second tier to the top tier. I'm able to stabilise around mid-table. Um, I did it in sort of FM17. But it's then kicking on to that kind of third level of, you know, becoming one of the top is where I really struggle. Um, so I, I'm i not sure, you know, you know, I can build a, a good squad, but maybe it's that kind of elite player that would take us to the next level that I struggle to find. Um, now, I mean, obviously I've seen you have one season kind of around the middle and avoiding relegation, and then you seem to have moved on quickly. How 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 do you think that helped? What did you do to recruitment-wise to help? I think luck, luck definitely played a big part in that. Um, obviously, yeah, it's a really tricky one. I think that we I didn't necessarily set out to achieve what are uh, kind of gaining European football and uh, kind of massively overachieving from just avoiding relegation the season before. Um, but it, we've managed to sustain that over the last kind of couple of seasons as well, which has been really good. And looking at the reputation of the club and, and that improving on that side of things, that definitely helps the kind of calibre of player that you can attract. Um, younger players that are maybe a bit more promising want to, want to come to you. Um, you've got a little bit more sway and clout in the transfer market. So you can maybe offer a little bit more in wages. You can uh, kind of coax younger players with uh, some clauses that will maybe attract them to come to your club before going to, say, a Rangers or a Celtic or or even down south in, in the bigger clubs. Um, that really helps. Um, I think club reputation is probably one of the biggest aspects of the game. Like It goes into so many things. Um, in terms of players and in, in terms of uh, what the board are, are looking to uh, expecting from you as well. How quickly did you see your, have you seen your reputation grow? Then? So I started, when I started the save, I think I was in the maybe 38th in Scotland um, in terms of the, the clubs um, on, the, on that reputation screen, um, at least in the, in the top 30s, I think. Um, and I just looked at it. Uh, just finished this, the the seventh season, obviously, and I, I've checked that screen, um, and we're in the top ten now. There is still bigger clubs, and obviously, there's a few things that we'll go into in a second that I still need to do. That I think to get into that 
to to break into that um the top five and and keep progressing um but being in that top 10 now and competing with the clubs that we're competing up against on a, on a weekly basis now the likes of hibs and aberdeen hearts these clubs are still much bigger than me um or i class them as much bigger but we're now able to compete in terms of the players that we can attract um, with them. Right, so it's only, well, I say only, it's taken a few seasons of what sort of finishing around fourth, third. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, it seems like it's been quite slower than it was in the past. I think when I was Leipzig last year, um, it was much, I, I won, a, obviously, was quite successful, um, luckily, and won a couple of Bundesligas um, and was quite quickly managed to overthrow Bayern at the top of German football. Um, and even break into that kind of top five, top four of the the ranked clubs in Europe as well in terms of the coefficients and, and things like that. Um, but it seems like it's maybe, obviously I've not had, well, I've had a little bit of, I've definitely had some relative European success in terms of what who we are as a club and uh, our reputation as a whole, but there's not been any trophy wins. Um, I've not actually won any trophies since that first season where I won the third tier. Um, so that probably comes into it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how. Um, you know, obviously, you, we get the manager hall of fame, but it'd be nice to see if there's something somewhere that tells you, okay, you've got so many reputation points for this trophy, as it were, or this competition, maybe. Yeah. Um, right. So that, that's kind of touching on player recruitment and how how we can we can kind of build a philosophy into into our recruitment as we get further up the up the league structure. But how does that? How did your staff in recruitment change? Have you done anything in particular now that you're at a higher level than you were before? Yeah, I think that staffing you have to be a little bit more ruthless. I think if you're if you're looking to build a club, so starting in a lower tier, um, you obviously want to bring in some staff to to help you out, but you need to make sure that um, you're constantly reviewing them, um, or I, that's what I try and do anyway. Um, so not giving them like really lengthy contracts and, and reviewing that on a kind of yearly basis almost. Um, maybe give them a, like a two-year contract at, at maximum, but I like to, obviously, the, the staff that's with you in the second tier um, or the third tier, they might not be good enough a couple of years down the line, um, but you might have by accident give them a five-year contract or something like that. So it's definitely one one to watch. Have you seen that you're now able to attract better staff, or is there better staff available, or is it just purely down to kind of more wage funds available? I'm seeing that better staff than what I had before want to come to me. So I think in the last at the start of last season, I upgraded my assistant, for example, and I've managed to uh, lure a couple of decent looking coaches um, to the club that were that were better than what we had before, but. Um, I think that there's still a long way to go in terms of being able to attract the types of staff that maybe other clubs in the league have, or even obviously comparing to the English clubs as well. Um, there's still a bit of a way to go there. I wouldn't say that my staff are are fully optimal in terms of what I want them to, to be like. And I still want more as well. So for anyone listening who's kind of at the lower levels, would you recommend looking at the staff straight away and get the best available or wait for a little bit until we get up? a few weeks i think in terms of living with your own means then yeah i would try and get the best available because at the at the at that level anything can definitely can help in terms of improving players or getting the best out of players um and to have the best coaches or available to you working with those players on a daily basis or on a couple of times a week basis because i was started off as a part-time club as well um it can it can help um but definitely just keeping an eye on the contract lengths and and continuing to 
even get a, some staff on a shortlist that you want to try and target a couple of years down the line and um, when you can just to see if they're going to be available and um, try and obviously continually improve your backroom staff yeah the, the biggest point thing for me when i'm looking for staff is kind of the compensation you have to pay yeah i never feel comfortable doing that so i do often find no i don't either yeah i find quite good uh staff in a role already they've already got a job so i would like to have them but i, I don't want to pay the kind of difference so i'll often settle for someone who's a, you know not too dissimilar but they're probably a lesser staff member um less qualified and but i will i will pay them because they are free and they're they're, they're willing to come so i think that's a good idea a good tip to kind of keep staff on a on a short list just so you can keep constantly checking them every few years just to see if they've lost their job or they you know they have to move or their contracts expired i think that's a that's a good uh, good little a good little tip um another frustration with staff you can obviously you can you can follow them as well sorry oh on their social page yeah yeah you can follow them so that um they you get all their updates um in terms of if they've been sacked or or let go or a manager's been sacked and they've decided to leave as well um it's quite handy to, to follow that ah, a good useful tip there for the, for the social page um i was just going to say one of the frustration things for me as well is when someone's got a um, has got the uh, attributes and things that you're looking for but they don't want to do that role um you know like when it's a, a scout who can be a good assistant manager but they won't be. anyway that's a, that's a different story so uh, along the same same lines um how quickly did you look to improve your kind of uh, facilities at Sterling or Leipzig? Yeah, I think Leipzig came a bit quicker than Sterling on this one. Um, tried to get the best possible facilities. Obviously, I had a little bit more cash to play with in the Bundesliga for the um, the kind of European success that we had and the domestic success. And winning the Bundesliga gets you millions of pounds. Um, Sterling, obviously, we've been quite lucky in terms of our uh, building up the finances. And I, I think we've got a, a bit of a, a sound footing now in terms of having that in the bank to to go to the board and ask uh, asking for facilities upgrades. So it took me a fair few seasons. I think that I brought I brought on, I aimed to bring on Sterling University as a, an affiliate. Um, and I, I did that um, a couple of seasons into the game. But, but when I did... Um, I think we just, it was when we just avoided relegation. So that first season in the top tier, um, and I managed to bring Sterling Uni on as an affiliate to, to send players out on loan to. Um, but when we did that, um, we they, we, sh- we chose to, one of the, the terms of the deal was to share the facilities. Um, and they were in the third tier at the time. Um, and their facilities and for training were better than us. Um, so our training facilities actually improved despite them being two tiers below us in the leagues. Um, so I think that tells you all you need to know about how long I've probably waited too long to, to improve the facilities. But now, again, as I've started to consolidate in the league, I've started to look at um, improving things on that side. So going to the board, building up, I think it's really important to get quite a bit of money in the bank because facilities improvements can cost a fair amount. Um, I think it's all. It's probably around. Well, I don't know for definite, but but mine so far have been kind of one million, two million, um, just to get it up another couple of notches um, from kind of poor to just above good um, in terms of training and uh, the youth recruitment, youth facilities, um, junior coaching um, is obviously a big one in terms of um, improving those new gens, like we we spoke about a couple of weeks back on the on the new gen pod and, and the youth recruit the youth intake day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely taken longer than it probably has done for other people, but I wanted to keep it quite realistic and didn't want to just splash the cash willy-nilly and, and lose that sound financial footing. Yeah, so for anyone sort of starting the game in, in you know, sort of two or three or more tiers below the top league, 
what's the first thing they should do? Look at players and recruit for that league and try and get out of that league as quick as possible. I would say so. Yeah, that would be my that would be my approach to it. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't look to improve facilities until I'd maybe sold a couple of players or for for a couple of million pounds or got to the top tier and managed to get increased prize money because you know that that's going to kind of reimburse yourself at the end of the season um, or at the end of each season almost. So yeah, I think recruiting recruiting players to get up the leagues as quickly as you possibly can would be my first first approach. Yeah, and I suppose the things like staffing and things like uh, facilities are more of a long-term uh, benefit to the club, but so you, you wouldn't necessarily see those benefits from the sort of first two seasons. So, um, like you say, probably best to get as high as you can before you start to start to spend the money on uh, on those. Um, any other sort of top tips for, for building a club? Uh, I think when you get to a certain level as well, probably you need to start hounding the board out. Um, we've talked about uh, facilities as well, but getting new affiliates um, on board is a big one. Um, that was big for me in Leipzig last year. Um, kind of obviously getting some, getting the ability to get an affiliate abroad um, in, a, in a lucrative country um, to increase those merchandising costs, uh, the uh, income. Um, that's a big one for me if you're if you're a bigger club and you're starting to, to look abroad in terms of uh, building things in that side of it um, but not just that kind of getting more uh, coaches and more scouts on board I think my board at Sterling have been quite slow in this and I've managed to ask them to to get this increased a couple of times over the last four or five seasons but getting more coaches and more scouts is obviously going to be a benefit um, and asking the board for that is is I think is quite important too um, and then kind of on facilities um, stadium as well um, I, I like to keep an eye on attendances um, and yeah kind of the average attendance because obviously that plays into it if you do need uh, or if you want a new stadium or a, or a kind of increase in the capacity um, the board will look at how many times you're selling out your stadium currently or how close you are to selling out the stadium and then that plays into the uh, kind of the factors of um, whether you're going to get an, a new one approved um, or not. Okay, so say all that, all those things that we've discussed have taken us to kind of similar to where your level is. You, you know, you've got a bit of European football now, um, you, but you're still not winning things. You've not built it to be kind of superpower in the league that you maybe want your club to, to be at eventually. What do you think we can take take us to that next level? Is it then? Do we then look at the finances, get as much money in as we can, or where where do we take it from there? I think it probably comes down to like comes back to player recruitment. Um, if you've got everything on on the the level that you want it in terms of you've got all the staff in place uh, you're still in the top tier you're maybe like you say challenging but not quite winning things yet um, you've got a new stadium um, you've got you've, you're kind of maxed out for for training facilities and youth facilities and, and all that um, you've got to start looking back at the players and improving things on that side um, you might have kind of stagnated um, or you maybe don't have uh, a good you, you, you've not got the youth players coming through you've not you haven't scouted um the kind of you haven't found you haven't come you haven't you haven't put that conveyor belt in place maybe um for talent um so obviously you're, you're probably still looking to to make some money from player sales but you want to try and build that kind of relationship amongst your players and, and keeping them for a bit of a, a longer period of time too um, to improve the club uh, and kick it on to that next level, I would say. Yeah, so if we're looking at kind of real real world, real world examples, um, someone like Arsenal maybe now have got 
great facility, it's a great new stadium, but they've maybe taken their foot off the gas performance-wise in the league. Um, so now they maybe need to look again at, um, at signing players and, and improving from that side now that they've got an you know, excellent stadium and things. Um, and someone like as well, Southampton maybe, they've obviously got great, great, always having great youth products, but now they're kind of maybe struggling in the league a bit. So they perhaps need to look at recruiting more players. Um, so yeah, I guess the cycle starts again once you've once you've you're at a level and you've kind of stagnated, like you say. Maybe look at start, you know, go back to the start, look at your players and, and improve that way, and maybe build to the future a bit more and a bit longer term, and, and take a few more risks as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you know, I think that's you know a good a good guideline to to build in a club up, and it's it's perhaps what a lot of people uh, aim to do from the start, but maybe they don't. You know, they kind of lose their way. You know, I I certainly do. Something. Yeah. Like you say, people do aim to do, um, but maybe subconsciously a little bit as well. Like rather than com- like completely setting it out. Uh, and looking to do this from the from the outset, um, they maybe just play the game um, and, and don't think about things in this way. But actually, when they are playing the game, it just comes naturally. Yeah, I, th- I suppose it kind of boils back to how we started the discussion on on aims. You know, obviously we we aimed for that first season to get out of the league, um, and a lot of people maybe aim to sort of you know for the for the end goal to be domination and winning Champions League and things. But maybe you know we put in there sort of five years down the line, I want to have good facilities. Uh, seven years down the line, I want to have a new stadium or expanded stadium. So, you know, if we if we put those sort of incremental goals in, there, they um they, they you know they can they can monitor more success than if they haven't won a Champions League after ten years. You know, they they still had success along the way for those points. Um, yeah, so that's good. That's a good uh, little chat, I think. And uh, if anyone's got any other top tips on how they build a build a club up from the bottom up, um, please do let us know. Um, yeah, we've no I've I've no doubt forgotten a few um or or left some out. So yeah, definitely get in touch. Yeah, that'd be great. So you can tweet us on at Tempo Ten Podcast. Um, you can tweet Samo on fm underscore Samo and myself on at according to fm. Um, please do follow us on SoundCloud. Like us on there as well. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes by just searching Tempo Ten Podcast if you've not done so already. Right. Well, we'll end it there. Um, we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.